Welcome back to the Waterboys podcast. I'm Nick. Here's Josh. We're in beautiful Surrey, British Columbia. Thanks for making the trek again. I know that you're starting a new job and you have to <laughs> you have to travel to was it Abbotsford or yeah, I'm out in Abbey now. You're out in Abbotsford. I thought it was Langley, my bad. How's that commute? It's not too bad in the morning, but once you get once you're coming back into the city, that's a bit of a pain. Yeah, I mean the highway going into Abbey is okay. Is this coming back when everyone's making that commute back? It's not fun. Yeah, I know. That's why as soon as you get off at three thirty, it's like you gotta haul some, you know what, just to get home before uh, it gets any worse, right? Have you ever googled how long it takes to get from Langley to my place? I think it's only twenty minutes, right? Yeah, I should just come over and sleep at your place. <laughs> I mean, I'll let you. I'll let you, man. I mean, I'm getting off earlier next week, so hopefully you don't have to do this again at 7. Yeah, I'll just come by right after and we can watch a couple games. Yeah, I'll make you some food. Right, right, right. right. I'm gonna have to feed someone's kid here. <laughs> Shut up. Shout out to Mama Santos. <laughs> All right, Nick, so what are we talking today? Oh, we promised we'd talk about the Knicks. Right. You've been watching them for a bit, but before that, what did you think about the Lakers trade? Was it three second round picks or four? I think it was three. Three, and we gave up Kendrick Nunn, right? Right. I, listening to everyone's assessment of it, they give it an A for the Lakers, but I mean, if you really dive deep into it, it is a lose-lose. Yeah, I I mean, you don't really... Oh, I'll give it to you like this. Let's say he does play well. He fits seamlessly well with AD, Westbrook, and LeBron. And he's a young forward who can shoot. It's a bit streaky, but, you know, he's had a bad injury history. And he's on the last year of his rookie contract? Yes, so they have to re-sign him again if they're going to... So... You take a flyer on a ninth overall pick from 2018. Yes. Which Washington gives up on, which is fine, I guess. Well, they want to keep Kuzma. Well, funny enough, he is the Cal Kuzma replacement in LA. Right. <laughs> Getting replaced by Cal Kuzma in Washington. Uh-huh. But let's say he does play well, going back to my point. Let's say he does play well. We have to sign him to a long-term contract. Well, right. I think the only downside of that is the fact that, I mean, has he ever played a full season? Probably not. He had that mental health thing right. back in his sophomore year or something? Something like that, yeah. And thus, so let's say he does play well. Then you got to sign him to, I don't know, like a four or five year deal. Let's say that. You're basically committing to more meke- mediocre. <laughs> Mediocreness. <laughs> Mediocreness, mediocrity. Okay. Mediocrity. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, my brain is just all over the place today. That's okay. But yeah, anyways, you're committed to being terrible for the next few years. Right. And he's, how old is he now? He's 23? Yeah, it's 24, right? 24. So we basically have to sign him until he's 28 or something. Right. So... What's like moving forward? We don't even know what's happening with LeBron. We don't know what's happening with Westbrook. We don't know what's happening with AD, right? Do you? 
I mean, we've Le- discussed this like multiple times. Yeah, LeBron's staying though. LeBron's staying, yes, Great. but are you? But the issue is now, essentially, you you're are you going to move on from Westbrook? A, right? Last year of his contract, are you going to trade him this year or not? By the looks of it, I don't think they are. Right? Then you then you got to find out if he's going to if Hachimura is going to be able to fit with this team. And you got to figure out how much money you're going to give him. I don't think it's going to be a guy that's going to get paid a lot, to be honest with you. Right? I think essentially the fact that he's never healthy can go against him. But also you're getting Westbrook off your, off your uh, what do you call it? Um, payroll. Payroll, right? So that would be a huge plus. And even if they do re-sign Westbrook, he's not going to be the highest paid player in the league anymore. Like, there's no way you can give him that contract. No, right? and interesting enough, Westbrook did bring out a better version of Hachimura. But Hachimura is averaging the same numbers he averaged in his rookie year. Right. Their their whole thing is about the shooting. Like, that's that's what they want. They want the shooting. and He barely takes any threes. I mean, his, his three-point percentage, what was it? Isn't it like something like 41 or something? 33 this year. 33. Well, they, they want him to take the shots. Essentially, I don't know what else they, they'd want. Like, are they really going to play like a, him into the starting lineup with along with uh, Davis? How is that going to help out? Uh, like, defensively, is he going to stay healthy? There's there's a lot going against this trade. I mean, in the end, to be honest, Nick, like what else are or what else are you gonna go for? I mean, in terms of if you're finding like a gem in the rough, that helps, but typically you only take a flyer on these type of talents when you're not trying to compete. Right. But like I said, didn't it didn't cost them that much either. I mean, it is three sec second round picks. I mean, how many gems have we found in the second round? That's actually true. The Lakers do actually find good players in the second round. It's those it's those lottery picks where they're just like, ah, kind of questionable. I mean, a few times. <laughs> I mean, De- D'Angelo yeah, Russell. Yeah, we, don't have to, we don't have to go through all of that. It's funny enough, those lottery picks, one of them we're going to talk about later. He's on the Knicks. Hmm. He's Interesting. Someone, he's someone we gave up on. Uh, anything else you want to get and talk about before we head into the next? What did you think of the Shannon Sharp incident? It was kind of dumb, not going to lie. What was I, he arguing? Well, he was talking trash to... Uh, to Brooks? Brooks, I believe. He's saying, you're too small. And then Brooks swore at him. Then he got mad. And then they all went at it. And... Well, no, they didn't go at it. They were a bunch of why I oughta, right? Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to fight, but I'm not going to fight. Hold me back. Right? And then I love how Sharp was like, yeah, they didn't want none. I'm like, dude, I'm pretty sure they just don't want to get suspended for, like, the rest of the season for fighting with you, right? Like a fan in the stands. We've seen we've seen how ugly things have gotten before, right? It's it's sort of like remember the there was an altercation in in Detroit earlier this year. Remember the, the you can hear the PA announcer. Everybody that, stay in your stay in your seats, right? Because yeah. they've already seen what's happened before. 
And I know this, I know it's LA and I know it's a bunch of stars, but still you, if you're a player, you're not going to waste your time with, you know, a fight with a fan. Was it Mo Wagner or Franz Wagner? Who's the, who's the one that's not a bum? It's Mo. It's Mo Wagner. This is a former Laker player too. Oh my goodness! He's a bum. <laughs> um, but but yeah, dude. I think the the whole thing was stupid. It was, I don't know, pointless. Yeah, I know. And I love how Sharp was just like, yeah, they didn't win. And I'm like, I mean, I'd like to see a good fight between him and uh, Adams. That'd be pretty cool. That that guy's that guy is a monster. Fun fact: Stephen Adams did come to a union to play before oh really yeah that's sick when was this this was in the summer so he booked really early like 8 a.m and nobody no like no none of us knew because well you don't want that much publicity for that's nba player sick. right also what the hell is he doing in vancouver i think he was training that one day or he was shooting a commercial probably huh. jason momoa's backup <laughs> you're stupid <laughs> you're so stupid but anyways to my point i mean it just goes to show you like these nba players they're massive like you know the door frame like that one right there in my house yeah he probably had to bend like half his body over like his his it. hair was touching the door frame that's insane and his arms are like oh yeah he's huge dude his he's arms are the size huge. of my legs no he's huge like but he's the friendliest giant ever oh yeah oh yeah I've heard him in some interviews. He seems like the nicest guy ever. But I wouldn't want to experience his uh, his screens, rage, his screens. Hey man, oh yeah, for sure. I'll those, reconsider those life at that point. Those would hurt. Okay, all right, enough small talk. Uh, let, let, let's hit the Knicks. Oh, the Knicks, the New York Knicks, the Knickerbockers, the Knickerbockers. They are seventh in the East. Funny enough, they just played Cleveland today. They just beat them. But it was a little shaky. They were losing the last two quarters. They beat them 105, 103. Before that, they're on a four-game, or sorry, not a four-game. They were on a little bit of a skid. They lost four games, twice to Toronto, once to Washington, and once to Atlanta. If you are a playoff team, you shouldn't be losing to those guys, especially. I would say Toronto? I would say Toronto, Washington, and Atlanta. Yeah. Considering how Atlanta's been struggling. Atlanta's starting to pick it up though. There's there's been a little bit of magic there. They're just they're an interesting team. I mean, they lose to the Bucks by four, beat the Pacers by six, they beat the Wizards by four, and they beat Washington or uh, Toronto by four. And then they just have another string of losses, five game losing streak, again to Toronto. I think they played the season series out with them already. Yeah, they played four times in December and January. And the motto of the Knicks, they're just very inconsistent. Julius Randle will always show up against the lesser teams. He showed up tonight, though, against the Cavs. Yeah, but some games is just like, what is he doing? Other games is like, oh, wow, why do we give up on him? I'm, I mean, he is... Definitely not your star player on a on a team that wants to be a playoff team. I mean, what what was the joke that we said in the off season about the Knicks? I mean, you said it. You called them the mid three. <laughs> yes, the mid three: R.J. Barrett, Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle. 
I mean, so far they're doing pretty well this year, I would say. Brunson's Brunson's balling, yo. I think, he fits in really well. Uh, yeah, he is. He's doing pretty well. I'm pretty sure Dallas are like kicking themselves right now for the fact they let him go. But he's he's definitely been playing well. I think uh, it got to a point this season where he, on the Knicks' all-time list of players to hit 25 points in consecutive games, I think he got to th- third on that list. I think he was at seventh. Uh, what do you call it? I'm not sure if that streak continued, but he he is definitely a guy you you definitely want on your team. Uh, but still, Nick, he's still not that star that they need. Well, funny enough, if they kept Brunson and they got Wood on Dallas, that would be a nice team. That would be a third. That would be a really nice. Team. That would be a third to fourth place team behind the Pelicans, Grizzlies, and. Who am I thinking about now? Denver. Right. And the Knicks land him. I think it was a great signing, signing, despite what happened behind the scenes. I think the whole RJ Barrett, Donovan Mitchell thing in the offseason, that, that was a distraction as well. I mean, do you ask you this question? Do you regret not trading Barrett? Do you regret not including him? Or would you say just play your chances with RJ Barrett? I mean, the way Mitchell's been playing this year, like he's been pretty good. Barrett has, I mean, he's not this, I mean, Barrett, he doesn't, he hasn't improved since, I mean, it's, he started off shooting really poorly this year. He's not, he's not what everyone expected him to be. Right. So, I mean, wouldn't you have been more happier to be like, oh, yeah, look, I got Mitchell and look how Barrett is playing some like in Utah or whatever. Right. So essentially, I think. See, the way I think about it is like if you land that star. And like everyone's saying, oh, there's there's someone in New York. What are the chances of you landing other free agents, too? But then also you got to look at it the other way and that they're not really ready to be, you know, uh, a, a contender, right? And even with that Mitchell move, like how much more would that have improved the Knicks, right? And essentially you're, the amount of picks you had to give up, right? So I can understand why the Knicks didn't do it. I think in the end it was the correct move just because of the haul that Mitchell had had to uh had to go back the other way right but i think that's more of a how cleveland cleveland was in the right situation sorry right time right situation right they only had to give up markinen who turns out to be a star but cleveland gets a star back exactly which is a fair trade exactly and this year they're fifth cleveland's fifth new york is seventh Albeit Cleveland probably has more growing pains than the Knicks, but I think the Knicks, their their offense is actually a lot better than their defense this year. Yes. Their offense is fifth. Yes. And their defense is 13th. Not typical of a Tom Thibodeau team. No. And R.J. Barrett, like you mentioned, he actually had the same stats as last year. 
Exactly. He's 0.2 points better this year. Yeah, exactly. Brunson's at 22.3 points per game. Then you have Randall leading the team at 24. He's rebounded from his down year. Yes. And he's at 11 rebounds per game. Then you have Mitchell Robinson. Although his stats aren't that great, him and Julius Randall's chemistry is off the charts. I mean, they just find each other very well. Exactly. And this team's a rebounding beast too. They, they are very. They are so good at the rebound. It's not even funny. They're they're actually very terrorizing on the boards. Yeah, like, especially with Mitchell. I think I think essentially that has a lot to do with their offense being that good. I think a lot of it has to do with those second chance points. If you notice them, like they they get offensive rebounds quite a bit too, right? It's really hard to beat them. And what do you call it? The problem is is that. You know they could do a lot more with those second chance, those second chances they get, but it it does show up eventually, right? Especially in a grueling forty-eight minute game, and if you're just getting out rebounded, always playing on defense, at some point you are going to start giving up those second those second chances. Well, that's the product of a Tom Thibodeau team, like I've been saying. Yes. First point, <laughs> they work hard. They're going to work hard on the defensive end. Offensively, they're going to be a little bit shaky. I mean, they run. Basically, the Knicks are copycatting what college teams are running right now, which is called a zoom set or something, I believe, which they swing the ball around on the perimeter, hoping for a good or looking for a look to give a pick and roll in. So usually they'll swing it between Brunson and Barrett or Randall. And usually they're just looking for a pick and roll off that attack. And it's worked so far because they've had three great offensive players. But what's another byproduct of being a Tom Thibodeau team? What is he famous for? Well, it's always defense. No, no, something else. What else? What What is non-existence on his team? I'm not sure, Nick. Just tell me. <laughs> <laughs> There's your starters. There's five players. There's also think there's also a concept called the bench, which he never uses. That's true. And he's only used I think the last this season I've noticed he's only used nine to ten players. But you have how many players on a team? I know, but that's still more than he usually uses. Yeah, it's funny enough, right? Right. right. Um and he'll play everyone to the ground thirty eight to forty minutes. And also play your play the guys you'd love playing or the guys that are going to work for you the most right so essentially that's been one of the issues with the team and the fact that they have a bunch of young players and he's sort of like refused to give them bigger roles i know that was like a huge criticism of his last year but this year i guess you know all the guys he brought in to uh what do you call those veterans that he loved to play they're starting to play less and he's actually starting to introduce uh, the younger players a little bit more, right? Like, if I'm not mistaken, guys like Grimes and quickly, quickly, like, they're all starting to get more minutes up now, right? Whereas before, like, you would see those minutes go to uh, Derek Rose, right? Who's sitting on the bench right now. Sitting on the bench, and, like, you never saw that out of Thibodeau. So for as stubborn as he's usually been he's actually starting to accept what he should be doing and it's giving these young guys a chance 
because I mean, Derrick Rose at this point, it's only going to take you so far. I mean, they have quite a bit of money tied up to Derrick Rose and Evan Fournier, and they're not playing that much. Exactly. So you got to make a decision on them moving forward. I think they're just missing some on oh, Cam Reddish. I forgot about him. Oh, him. you traded the first round pick essentially not to play him. So I don't know what they're thinking of that. So there's three players that you got to either move on from or utilize them somehow. Big blow to Mitchell Robinson. He's gone for, I think, three weeks because he fractured his right thumb or left thumb. I think it was right. He fractured it on the 19th, so not too long ago. Then with their guards, I mean, you already have Brunson. So I think you're going to have to play a 3 and D guard. I don't think Grimes is that person. No. To throw such a huge role on a second-year player. Yes. I mean, he works hard, don't get me wrong. But you're asking a sophomore to basically do like the heavy lifting on defense. Right. And that's that's near impossible. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, if anything, this year, I think, Nick, it, it'll work for some of these younger guys to get uh, their, their reps in for the playoffs. Uh, I know they've made it once before, right? That that famous Hawks Knicks series where, you know, uh, Trey just goes crazy and just becomes the biggest villain uh, in New York since I mean I don't know Reggie Miller I guess during a playoff series. Uh, but yeah, essentially, right now I know that they don't have the star power to actually be a contender. I agree with you. But also, if you start seeing these kids starting to, you know, pick it up, right? Start seeing quickly, start seeing Grimes. Got to give them some experience out in the playoffs, right? Even if first round loss, it's a first round loss, but at least you've gained some experience out of it. Essentially, with this team, you can't really, you can't really tank for this year because at the spot they're in right now, right? They've worked their butts off and they're in the playoff spot right now. So you might as well go through it, get to the playoffs, get some experience, and who knows, maybe you're, you can attract another player. But, I mean, who who is coming out of free agency in the next few years that they could possibly attract, you know? I mean, it's okay if Brunson and Randall are your second and third, but I don't think they're one and two. No, they can't be. They can't be. And it's, it's no. You know, it's not a diss to them. No, but essentially, you do need another guy. Like, I don't know who would fit with this team. That's a good question. I don't even think they could trade for anyone right now either. Like, what are they going to give up essentially that another team is going to want, right? And especially now with how everything's set up, where players are are getting like a huge haul coming the other way right thanks to you know all those trades coming out of utah and essentially like what else can the knicks give up i know they have their picks right but are teams gonna want their picks if they you know if they get another player that's gonna i think if they get another player nick they're gonna be they're gonna battle it out with some of the top some of they're not gonna be I think they're 
they're not a player away. They're at least three to four players away. Yes, but if you think about it right now, they're seventh. I think they could still battle even out for that fourth spot, right? And especially fourth. Yeah, and especially where you're just Cleveland's at the very bottom at fifth. I don't think anyone's beating out Cleveland. Don't sorry, I meant that fifth spot. That fifth spot, like they can still make it up two spots if they actually get another star. But it just depends on who it is. It is. I mean, they have salary issues and they have, or sorry, salary constraints with improving that roster, right? I mean, the team as it stands right now, I'm, I have no problem with it. Brunson, like as go, moving forward, developing together, you don't want to touch anything. I would have no problem with that. But if they want to make a move, or sorry, shoot up the standings, then yes, they would have to trade for a star. Yeah, and that, that's not happening. It's either free agency, right? Because it is New York. It is a premier franchise. I'm sure there is someone that might want to go there. The one thing you hope they don't do and what they love doing is just getting an older player and just giving him a bunch of years. And it just turns out to bite them back in the butt, right? Like we've seen time taking shots at Melo there or what? I mean, yeah, they made the playoffs. Did they do anything else? The one year? Yeah. Sorry, two years? Yeah. Did they do anything else? Right. And that's always been the knock on the Knicks, right? Well, what has happened every time they get a star? It's like, you know, kind of late. Do you think, careers. do you think they learned their lesson this time? Not trading for Mitchell the same way they traded for Melo? Think about it, because you had Amari, you had a very good team in the 2010 season. Right. You had Felton, Gallinari, Mozgov, Wilson Chandler. Then you had Amari in there too. I think I sent him twice by accident, but point being, the Knicks were rolling on that team. Then you got half the team to trade for aging Billups and Melo. Then you had to reload with that team. Exactly. And you only made one deep run. Was it even a deep run? Was it just a second round? I mean, deep considering that <laughs> they've been terrible for a long time. Right. So, yeah, man. Like like I said, this, that's, that's always been their cue, right? Old and pretty much almost out of their prime. And then it just comes back to bite them in the butts. And hopefully they don't pull that off. But. Again, with free agency, who knows what might happen, right? Uh, but essentially, Nick, they're if they just stay where they are right now, I feel like they're they're stuck, and especially in an East where you have was like five teams, five good teams. It's hard, can't it's hard to compete without a star, unless Bronson somehow makes that huge of a leap, which. I mean, I argue he's already made a huge leap. I know. I don't think it's on him. I think I it'd be on RJ. Yes. Because if your point guard's already averaging 22 and 6, that's a very decent stat line. Oh, yeah, for sure. And if Randall's averaging at 25 and 10, it just leaves one person not doing that. That leaves job. one person, right? And right. a 20 and 6 person is not cutting it at that rate. Exactly. But, yeah, I think. I don't unless I 
unless Mitchell Robinson somehow becomes a 14 and 10 type of guy off pure effort. That could be a possibility. He's what is he? He's like seven and hold on here. I got it. He's a seven and nine guy with two blocks per game. Right. And he's still clumsy on defense. That guy's like he falls over like a giraffe. <laughs> to see him tumbling every game. I'm like, you're seven two or you're seven feet. He's not swishing and dishing, is he? No, he's not wheeling and dealing. <laughs> What's what's the other one that he always says? I I don't know. He has a bunch. I I if if you guys don't know what we're talking about, if you guys get a chance to listen to the MSG uh, broadcasting, broadcasting, you'll just hear it out. Walt Those, Fraser, Walt Fraser, and Mike Green. I, I like that combo. It's it's nice. But then, so Nick. That being said. W- how far? This team has a shelf life. I'm just going to say that. It's not like your Pacers where it was like, oh, just wait and see. This team is, if they can't do anything within a season or two, you're you're shipping out someone. Whether it be Randall, I don't think you're going to ship out Brunson. I don't think you're going to ship out Barrett. I think it'd be Randall at this point. I, I would have to agree. But then we can get into ownership and all that other stuff. But that oh, just boy. be a longer uh, podcast. Anyways, Nick, we've gone on about the Knicks. Uh, Nick and Knicks. Uh, fine, was, don't laugh. That was no. You you're supposed to delay it so I can like get it. In my, you know what? Forget it. It's fine. <laughs> Shut up. You're all terrible. Right. You know what? No chemistry on and off the court. It's okay. All right, Nick. I'll talk to you next week. I'll talk to you next week. Which team are we talking? Oh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Oh, this guy. Bye.